Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. If you want to listen live, all you have to do is download the iHeartRadio app and search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Also, if you want to catch this show on video, be sure to check out Zumo TV, channel 719. That's where you can find SportsGrid's Fantasy Sports Network. Enjoy the show, and thanks so much for listening. It's Fantasy Sports Today. Good morning, welcome in. This is Fantasy Sports Today, and Craig Mish, along with Frank Stample, here with you guys from 11 to 1 on the East Coast today. Thanks for watching the show, listening to the show, however you are doing that today. Appreciate that for sure. We got a lot to get to. We got spring training games getting ready to get underway. Today we have one game between two major league teams. We've been waiting for this for about six months, and so we'll talk about that in just a minute. Uh, Rangers and Royals. Uh, of course, uh, more injuries, man. I mean, more injuries to pitchers in spring training. We had Luis Severino with an issue, and of course, we're hoping uh, for the best for him. But it just goes to show you, and something that I've been talking about now, and and even when you're looking at all pitchers in reality and fantasy in 2020, it seems like we go down this road every single year where no matter how prepared players are going into spring training, we're always going to have these massive injuries and issues that end up happening and so we're going to touch on that as well uh, today on the show we're looking at the shortstop position in fantasy in reality a position that has certainly changed a lot of times through many decades of baseball you had shortstop which was a defensive position for many years and then it became an offensive position for many years now we're kind of trending back down to where it's somewhere in the middle so uh, with a lot of, by the way, uh, several players that have different position eligibility at that position as well. So we're going to uh, dive into that also. Uh, and then a little bit later in the show, also an interesting uh, reality case in baseball where uh, this arbitration system, uh, really a strange result. A lot of people seeing yesterday where arguably uh, one of the best players in all of Major League Baseball, uh, JT Real Muto, uh, essentially having to fight to get paid what I think that most would consider if you compare other players in the game of his stature to be a reasonable salary, which doesn't appear to be what he got considering all of the other players that have gone through this before. So we'll dive into that as well. But first, let's go over to Sean Guastamacchia. He's got today's Sports Grid update that we'll bring in Frank and dive into the rest of the show today here on Fantasy Sports Today. Sports Grid News Update. Thank you, Greg. I'm Sean Guasamaki with your Sports Grid News Update. PGA Golf, the World Championships of Golf in Mexico City, round number two, set to begin in an hour from now. Tea time there, 12.03 p.m. Eastern time. Your leader, Rory McIlroy, six under. He has a two-shot lead over Bubba Watson in the World Golf Championships. Rory sets the tee off at 2.03 p.m. 
Eastern Time. Once again, that's in Mexico City. Let's look at the NBA last night. Joel Embiid, 39 points, 16 rebounds. The Sixers defeat the Nets in overtime, 112 to 104. Embiid, after the game, declared himself the best player in the world. The Sixers covered the six and a half point spread on FanDuel Sportsbook at the close. In Atlanta, Trey Young poured in a career high 50 points. Hawks six point underdogs. They beat the Heat outright 129 to 124. As for Young, he broke Shaquille O'Neal's record of 11 40 plus point games in the first two years of his NBA career. All right, also in the NBA last night, the Kings 129-125 winners over the Memphis Grizzlies. Harrison Barnes, 32 points in that one. Bulls missed their first 17 three-point attempts, never recover. They lose 103-93 to the Hornets. And the Bucks and Rockets, big wins last night as well. On the gridiron, NFL owners have approved a new collective bargaining agreement, which includes an expanded playoff from 12 teams to 14 teams and an option for a 17-game regular season. It is not done yet. The NFL Players Association needs to approve the deal. They are meeting later this afternoon. Stay tuned on that. And in Major League Baseball, David Ortiz met the media called former Houston Astros pitcher and current Oakland A's pitcher Mike Fires a snitch for being the whistleblower in the sign-stealing scandal. Mike Fires uh, told The Athletic he doesn't care, but he has received death threats, and it's just something else on his plate. All right, that is your Sports Grid news update. Now back to Craig and Frank. Guys? You know, I understand from Sean's perspective, kind of hard to say, sign-stealing scandal over and over again three times. It's not just three times. We've been saying that, I feel like, a hundred times. Looking forward to putting that to rest. Eventually, we'll get there slowly, surely. Frank, good morning. I'm looking forward to some spring games this weekend. How about you? Of course I'm looking forward to it. One of the first things I said to the guys downstairs in the pit today was, boys, we have baseball today. We have live action. The Rangers at the Royals. I'm excited for it later on today at 3 p.m. Eastern time. I don't know if the game is televised. I've got to look into that. But we've got a whole bunch of games tomorrow and over the entire weekend here, Craig. Very excited. Happy Friday to you. You got big plans tonight? Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, uh, well, I mean, actually, you know, I hate to complain about weather because I live here in Florida, but we're not supposed to have the <laughs> nicest day. It's like 30 degrees here, here Craig. <laughs> Come I on, know, man. I know. It's like 70 here. And oh, rain. oh, 70. Oh. Could be a little rainy today, Frank. <laughs> Got to be careful in Florida, you know, everyone. Um, yeah, I mean, uh, probably uh, uh, just a you know day, a family day for me on Friday. And then tomorrow I'll be at the uh, Nationals-Astros game, which is the first spring game in Palm Beach. And then on Sunday, uh, back to uh, the Marlins. And the Marlins play the Washington Nationals. We're expected to hear from uh, Derek Jeter on Sunday for the first time. So uh, we'll be attending that game on Sunday. So, uh, you know, just kind of back to where we were here, diving in. You know, I feel like, uh, look, I, I want to start off with just some great story today. You know, like I, I want some great reality, one great fantasy baseball story today where we could just jump up and say, yeah, that was. And I think we're going to get that in spring training. I think we're going to get Somebody hitting some home runs, somebody getting off to a hot start, somebody looking good for me, for you. But it seems like we've started off the show at least three or four days this week with another injury in fantasy. And this one is to Luis Severino, which kind of broke right around our show yesterday or after our show with a forearm issue. 
who knows at this point, Frank? You know, like, is this going to be a, a week, a day, a month? We have no idea. And then uh, a story uh, this morning uh, from Cardinals camp, too, on Paul Goldschmidt having somewhat of an elbow issue, which they're saying is not serious. We've been down this road before, too. But, man, I hate to start off with all injuries. So kind of wanted to start with great that spring training is back, and then we got to transition immediately to, oh, we got to panic here a little bit. Yeah, absolutely. And we've been talking about injuries all week long. We had Carrasco yesterday, and now a second injury to the Yankees rotation. We already had James Paxton. Now we have Luis Severino. Uh, I'm going to get into this later on in the show in the final segment uh, during Exit Velocity. But what are the Yankees doing, Craig? Because... When it comes to Severino and Paxton, they basically knew about both of these injuries since the postseason last year. They said that this is something Severino felt in the playoffs, right? He felt something in his forearm, in his elbow, and same thing with Paxton with his back injury. So now they're down two starters in their rotation. They still have Garrett Cole, which is great. Tanaka, you have some question marks there. Uh, Jay Happ, which Jay Happ is going to show up for the New York Yankees. Uh, Jordan Montgomery... Didn't pitch much last year. So there's a lot of question marks with the Yankees rotation. And now for fantasy baseball as well, all this does is push other starting pitchers up the board even further, Craig. You know, some of those hitter values that we were getting in the middle rounds, they're going to start to move up the boards because now we've lost Clevenger, who was going in the second round. Carlos Carrasco, who was going in the sixth, seventh. James Paxton, who was going in the sixth, seventh. Severino, who was going as a top 20 starting pitcher. These guys are all going to fall down the draft board like they should, but it ends up taking away some of the other values that we were targeting in those rounds, Craig. Yeah, and that's the, also the hard part, as we've talked about, about drafting now. And and I know that you'll be participating in the Great Fantasy Baseball Invitational, which is coming up soon. And I'm in the Tout Wars draft and hold. And, and honestly, I looked at Severino, and and Frank, he was a click away, you know, like like a few days ago. He was right there, and I'm... You know, and, and I'm not, this is not me patting myself on the back at all because I was just super close to taking him. And I looked at him like, wow, he's on the on the Yankees. He's going to win a lot of games. And, um, you know, I took Corbin and I'm like, ah, you know, Corbin's never been heard. Feels like he's on Washington. You know, it made my you know case for both guys. And at least for the time being, that appears to be good. But I think you're right, Frank, more of the reality story where the Yankees go out and they spend a massive amount of money on Cole and he'll front the rotation. And I know we've been worried about Tanaka for years, but he seems to always make 30 starts, so if you could assume that. But beyond that, uh, yeah, I mean, is hitting enough to get to the postseason to win the division? Yeah, and I think the Yankees will be there. Probably still win 100 games, but is it good enough to beat, like, the Dodgers? Is it good enough if the Astros get themselves together and get right back to it again? I know that's, you know, people are cynical about that. The reality is they still have Verlander, still have Greinke, you know, like, running that rotation. So it'll be interesting to see... Um, especially with a very few amount of free agents that are still out there that are left as far as starting pitchers are concerned. They may have to do that via trade. All right, coming up next, we got three up, three down here on the show. The NBA is back. I know Frank is you know, certainly happy about that. Uh, also, we'll dive into some of the things that are happening around the league, including potentially one of our players who we were focused on in the second half of last year could start the season in the minors. That's something that kind of uh, came out of nowhere. We've got a shortstop preview as well here on the show. We'll give our top 10 shortstops going into the 2020 season. I've got 10. Frank has 10. We have our sleepers. We have our busts as well. And then a little bit later in the show, uh, about 20, 30 minutes from now, you want to stay tuned because we're going to dive into this uh, JT Real Muto situation. He went through his arbitration process and ended up losing, which was kind of a win for catchers, but he ended up losing via arbitration in one of the more bizarre 
things that people are trying to figure out. How how would the best catcher in baseball lose his arbitration case? We'll be right back on Fantasy Sports Today. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Three down. What does three up and three down mean to you, Airman? End of an inning. Welcome back to Fantasy Sports Today. It is Craig Mish along with Frank Stample with you here on the show. And it is the 21st of February, 2020. Frank, are you ready for a little three up, three down as we close out the week? Always ready, man. I'm so happy it's Friday too, man. TGIF. Let's get it going here, Craig. That weekend is here. All right. Uh, I'll get started. Surprisingly, I'm going to start with the NBA as Trey Young scores 50 points last night against the Miami Heat, so it's good to have the NBA back. Now, again, Frank will be our NBA expert here on the show, but of course, being in South Florida and watching the Heat a lot, I was aware of that happening last night, so congratulations to me, Trey Young, uh, 50 points there. Uh, Also trending up here on the show for me, Ian Happ of the Chicago Cubs. Look, a couple of years ago on opening day, everyone remembers Ian Happ. I think it was like the first pitch of the season, ended up hitting a home run because I was at that game in South Florida in Miami. And, uh, and then what happened after that since? I mean, Happ, it just hasn't worked out for him, but they're saying that he's going to get more playing time in center field. Certainly could be a chance that he could be a sleeper this year if he puts it all together. And, and look, the Cubs have been really hesitant to trade him. Cubs have made some deals over the last couple of years. They could have sent him somewhere else, given him more playing time in the American League, potentially. I know he's probably not thrilled being in the minor leagues, but I got Happ a little bit on my radar for sure. So that's also trending up for me on the show today. And then also... The, the probably the most popular app amongst, I would say, uh, kids today, younger people. Now, now, not like in your 30s. I don't think you think. Um, but in particular, like my kids, is this uh, TikTok app. Now, I'll admit that I had it on my phone for about a week or two. And uh, my kids have it, too. And I noticed that, you know, there's a there's a lot of stuff that they probably, you know, shouldn't be seeing at that age. A lot of cursing and all that stuff. Now, look. I'm not against it. I get it how popular it is, and everybody's using it. Even Major League Baseball teams are using it. I've seen some people here on Sports Grid using it, too. Cool. No problem with that. Uh, but I'm glad that they put parental controls on there. <laughs> That's trending up for me today because uh, some of the stuff on there, at least for uh, you know my 13-year-old daughter, is probably not that good. So good job by TikTok putting parental controls. I can now go in there change things and of course my daughter will figure out a way to still watch it without me changing it but again uh, that's what's trending up for me today Frank how about you yeah before I get into mine I just want to touch on basically all three of those topics Craig because I all thought that they were interesting and Trey Young dropped 50 last night I don't think people realize how great of a season he's really having averaging 30 points per game and nine assists a night the guy is just ridiculous he just doesn't really get recognition because the Atlanta Hawks stink I think that they'll be better in the future uh, but right now not really great when it comes to Ian Happ I agree. I think there's a little bit of upside there. I kind of have him on the radar as well. Last year, 11 home runs, two stolen bases in only 58 games. He's just got to cut down the swing and miss, but it looks like the Cubs are finally going to give him the opportunity to play every day. Uh, And Craig, we spoke about TikTok the other day. This is the first time where I've really kind of felt old because I don't really understand TikTok. We have a few youngins downstairs in the pit. A fellow by the name of Barstool Brian, I'm going to have to find out more about TikTok because I really 
don't oh, understand it. Oh, I could tell it. you all about it. Yeah, I could tell you all about it. Yeah, all right, well, well, we'll have to talk off the air about it because I'm still trying to figure out the whole uh, kind of TikTok craze. But let's jump into my trending up topics here today. Uh, I saw a few news items regarding some young starting pitchers here, Craig. Dylan Cease has made an adjustment in his delivery in the offseason, and it seems like we're just kind of forgetting about Dylan Cease. Uh, last year came up with the White Sox, did not perform well. I can't really defend what he did last year. Walked way too many batters. The strikeouts were still there, but the results were not when it came to Dylan Cease. He is someone that was regarded as a pretty high prospect in baseball and in the White Sox organization. So if this adjustment can help him develop some consistency as a young starting pitcher, I'm sure you know having Yasmani Grandal as his catcher will not hurt as well. We already saw someone in that rotation have a complete makeover in Lucas Giolito. Uh, Dylan Cease's NFBC ADP right now is at 293. So like Ian Happ, Dylan Cease, someone that I am paying attention to uh, throughout spring training. Mitch Keller, Craig. I continue to talk about Mitch Keller. He is somebody who uh, has been a target of mine in early drafts, will continue to be a target of mine. Uh, he looks to change up his pitch mix and move away from his fastball. And this is what I was trying to tell you yesterday, Craig, about Joe Musgrove. Ray Searidge, the former pitching coach of the Pirates, really relies on fastball and sinker uh, usage a lot for his starting pitchers. Some pitchers don't have a great fastball, don't have a great sinker. We saw once Garrett Cole left, he started using his breaking pitchers more, and all right, well, the rest is history when it comes to Garrett Cole. I'm not saying that Joe Musgrove and Mitch Keller are going to turn into Garrett Cole, but using your breaking pitches sometimes is better for some of these young starting pitches. Uh, pitchers and Mitch Keller last year, a 26% swinging strike rate on his slider, a 13% swinging strike rate on his curveball. Mitch Keller remains a target of mine. And shout out to Chris Pavona downstairs in the pit. He gave me this story right before the show here, Craig. Comedian Brad Williams helps raise over $200,000 for a bullied nine-year-old, and Craig, obviously you have kids. I don't know if this is something that your kids have dealt with. I hope they haven't, but we know that this is obviously a huge problem all around the world, not just in the United States. I believe this uh, young child, this young kid, nine years old, is from Australia. Uh, posted a viral video of him getting bullied, and now a bunch of people are stepping up, helping you know get him tickets to Disneyland and WrestleMania and all this fun stuff. So I thought that was a really uh, fun, uh, really nice story here to go into the weekend with here on a Friday. Uh, Let's let's cut out the bullying here, Craig. I don't know that you've dealt with it or your kids have, but I'm sure it's something that's probably going to happen at some point, right? Yeah, there, I mean, there's always a little bit of that because you yeah. have kids that go to school and, and they have relationships with some kids and, and not with others. But in particular, this is a story that is really sad. I saw it yesterday as well. And, and a lot of people are rallying for uh, this young kid. Uh, Jeffrey Dean Morgan, the actor on The Walking Dead, uh, basically posting uh, a video saying, you know, you know, directly to the kid as well. And this is like the content of more of what we need uh, to make our day better on social media, too. Started off with a horrible story, and it looks like uh, much better at this point. And I'm glad to see a lot of people rallying. It, no doubt about that. I did uh, check this out. Uh, okay, uh, trending down for me. MLB.com story yesterday reports Aquino on the Reds could start the season in the minors. Still got some options left on him, even with the season that he had last year. Man, I find that hard to believe. I get it, and I understand that there are going to be some people that could be potentially skeptical on him. But, you know, when you think about it, Frank, uh, you know, Amir Garrett hasn't quite turned out to be the player that everybody thought that he was going to be. But Amir Garrett had a really good start, really good season, and then they kind of managed him and put him down in the minors, too. Are the Reds going to do the same thing with Aquino? Man, that would be really disappointing because... 
I think that he's worth taking a shot on just based on what he did last year. And I understand that there's going to be some pushback, very hard to sustain the home run pace that he had last year, but that's disappointing to me to see that happen. Uh, the NFL CBA, yes, that was the story on the side of the owners putting this out there, but uh, very quickly, and all these new things happening, and then all of a sudden, J.J. Watt, one of the most prominent players in the NFL yesterday, said, hold the phone here a little bit. Uh, this new CBA is a hard pass. So will this get ugly? Will it not get ugly? Not entirely sure, but it doesn't appear that this is just a simple thing where the owners propose something and it automatically gets done. Now, I'm not sure if this is really trending down or trending up, but uh, Will Ferrell yesterday uh, on uh, really one of the more popular interviews right now is this uh, Hot Ones. You've seen Paul Rudd do it and now Will Ferrell did it. And he said he got drunk during the streaking scene in old school. And one of the reasons why is because basically they couldn't get Snoop Dogg out of his trailer. So, I mean, I don't know. I kind of have it trending down because you wouldn't expect this to happen. You wouldn't expect Snoop to take as long as he did, I guess, to get back on the set. But it's sort of like a trending up too, and kind of funny. And it shows you that Will Ferrell doesn't take himself all that seriously. Great interview, by the way, on uh, Hot Ones from Will Ferrell, Frank. And that's what's trending down for me today. Yeah, and I felt the same way. I saw this in the trending down, and I was like, well, how how would fantasy sports today be if uh, Craig and I you know, had a few shots here? I mean, it's a little early to start drinking. It's it would 11 be a lot better of a show. <laughs> 11 a.m. here on the East Coast. I am currently broadcasting inside Studio 34, which is inside of Versa, which is a restaurant bar. So I can easily make this happen, Craig, if we want to test it out. I can kind of be the Will Ferrell here on the show uh, for fantasy sports today. So I kind of thought that was a trending up as well. Could so. Be. Yeah, you know, it's could be little... your last show. Your last show with us, Frank. But go ahead, give it a shot. Yeah, you know, might as well go out with a bang here, Craig. Uh, my trending down stories: Red Sox manager Ron Renicky told reporters that there is no timetable yet as to when Alex Verdugo, dealing with his back injury, will be ready to return. Uh, this isn't really breaking news by any means. It was just kind of an update on Alex Verdugo from their uh, manager, their newly named manager, Ron Renicky. Here, this is just an odd story in general here, Craig, because obviously they. Accept the trade originally, then they back out of the trade because of the physical with Brewstar Gratterall, and they, they didn't want Brewstar Gratterall, and then they end up getting Jeter Downs as well. But they keep Alex Verdugo in the trade despite having this back injury, something he's dealt with since last year. When the trade first went down, I told you I like Alex Verdugo, and I thought he was a sleeper. He's trending down for me right now just because, again, we have no idea when he's going to show up. We already have too many injuries to deal with in spring training. I don't want to draft Alex Verdugo right now and set myself back even further. So that's trending down for me when it comes to Alex Verdugo. Craig, I don't know if you were watching uh, any basketball last night on TNT, but during the it was either the pregame or halftime show with Charles Barkley, uh, he basically lit into the Cavs players about how they treated uh, Jim Beeline uh, with the with the um, with the Cleveland Cavaliers there and. John Beeline, excuse me, John Beeline, the coach of the Cleveland Cavaliers. And basically, you know, they let him go, call it whatever you want. He was fired. It was his first season here as the head coach of the Cleveland Cavs. And they let him go here at the All-Star break. He might remain in a different role here with the team. But Barkley basically lit into the veterans on the team and the young players calling them out for, you know, the way that they treated him and ultimately getting a first-year head coach, someone who's respected in the basketball community as well, in John Beeline, fired in his first season basically here with the Cleveland Cavaliers. So I think that that's just trending down all around for the Cavs, for John Beeline, obviously. Um, 
I actually agree with what Charles Barkley had to say. I don't disagree with anything really that he said there. And oftentimes here, Craig, I'll bring up something fast food related or just food related. This is definitely trending. McDonald's is making scented candles that smell like your favorite quarter powder pounder ingredients. I'm a fan of McDonald's. Not a fan of McDonald's flavored candles. I don't know if you're going out there and, and buying McDonald's candles here, Craig. You want to feel bad about eating fast food, then you buy these candles. <laughs> we'll be back with more fantasy sports today. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Welcome back. It's Fantasy Sports Today on this Friday, February the 21st, 2020. Craig Mish along with Frank Stample. Chris Pavona is producing the show. As You can go back all week long over on sportsgrid.com and check out all of our position previews. We're going to continue today with shortstop. Next week we'll kick in to the outfield and the pitchers, and then we'll go team by team and really player by player as we get closer to fantasy baseball draft season. Some people feel like it is underway. Certainly for some, like us, experts who talk about it every day, it is. For most of you, I know we're still a couple of weeks away from that. Into March is really the best time to be drafting in fantasy. So hopefully we can get a little bit ahead of it for you. And uh, Frank, the shortstop position uh, has changed significantly many times through the years. It was once a defensive position uh, in the past. You really didn't see a lot of power. Then all of a sudden, you know, the quote-unquote steroid era provided you with all kinds of power at shortstop, we went away from that a little bit. I feel like we're kind of moving back toward that. We do have some players because of the numbers that were put up last year of 25 to 30 home run players at shortstop who at least qualify for shortstop. And so there are some pretty good options. I think you can go 8 to 10 deep and feel really comfortable with it. And given the fact that second base doesn't feel as deep, some shortstops will probably be starting for you at the middle infield position as well. Yeah, I said yesterday that you know, the third base position is one of the deepest and one of the best, and I still stand by that, along with the outfield position. But I think you can argue that the shortstop position is one of the most top-heavy this season in fantasy baseball. We want to dive into the rankings here, my top ten rankings. Number one, Francisco Lindor uh, just gets it done every single year. Five-tool player, doesn't really have any holes in his game. Trevor Story is one of those players as well that's similar. Not going to hurt you anywhere, give you 20 to 25 stolen bases. We are aware of the splits when it comes to Trevor Story, obviously here, but uh, it hasn't affected his production. Trey Turner and Alex Bregman, I think, you know, some people might have Alex Bregman a little bit higher, but for me, when it comes to uh, Trey Turner, everyone's trying to chase speed. Uh, I think that he's probably someone who's still going to give you 35 to 40 stolen bases, even if he bats a little bit lower in the lineup here, Craig. Uh, Bregman, we spoke a lot about yesterday. Fernando Tatis Jr., I mean, he's going to be, you know, uh, one of the most polarizing players this year for fantasy baseball purposes. Purposes, and I get it. What he did last year in a short period of time uh, was phenomenal, but there are some skeptics based on the high batting average on balls in play. Javier Baez, a target of mine this year, someone who gets it done across the board. Borderline first-round pick last year. Now he's falling to the third, fourth round. By the dip, give me all the Javier Baez. Then we'll round out the top 10 with Xander Bogarts. Spoke about Gleyber Torres yesterday. Alberto Mondesi, you need speed. Jonathan VR, another one where if you need speed, you can really get that here at the shortstop position, Craig. There are a lot of five-tool players, uh, five-category players here with this position, uh, and certainly a lot of speed. Is there anything that stands out in my top ten that's maybe different than yours? Um, 
it seems like I may, might be a little bit higher on Fernando Tatis than you are this upcoming season, Craig. Yeah, and, and we'll get into mine in, in just a second. The, the one player I think that we're uh, both in agreement on here, and it's really, when you think about it, it's it's kind of an incredible story, uh, no pun intended, is that, Frank, you think about this going back three, four years ago, when, when Trevor's story kind of burst onto the scene, he wasn't really one of the top, what, would you say 10, 15 prospects in the game? It was just kind of a player that you knew was going to be at cores, you knew had some power, and you knew at the time that they were moving, I believe it was Ian Desmond out of shortstop to make room uh, for Trevor Story. And uh, and then, you know, spring training started. And then what happened? Uh, Trevor Story was the single best player in all of spring training. And there were still people who were doubting it at that time. And maybe even for good reason, because spring training numbers, as you know, uh, don't mean a lot. And then he bursts onto the scene in the regular season and breaks all kinds of records for home runs in his first, I believe it was 10 or 15 games with seven home runs or something like that. It was just incredible what he did. But Frank, did you think that we would be sitting here three years later and call Trevor Story one of the top 10 players in fantasy in the game? His stolen bases continue to go up. And as long as he is playing at cores and sitting on that contract extension, I mean, I don't see any reason to back off this guy. He is He's become a lot better than really anybody anticipated. No, I didn't see him breaking out the way that he has, Craig, but I think this is a reminder that anybody in Coors Field in Colorado can has that ability to really break out. And I think you know someone that a lot of people are talking about at the second and third base position this year is Ryan McMahon, uh, who I think is interesting as well. But just going back to Trevor's story, no, I didn't, I didn't see this happening, but look at what he's done over the past two seasons. His average season... From 2018 to 2019, 293 batting average, 36 home runs, 100 runs scored, 97 ribbies, and 25 stolen bases. It's hard to argue with that production, especially when he does it in back-to-back years. Only Trevor Story and Christian Yelich are the uh, only two players with 70 home runs and 50 stolen bases over the last two seasons, Craig. So, no, I wouldn't have seen this coming for him, but I think he's earned the status of being a top 10 draft pick, and I I think it's honestly really, really hard to argue against it. At this point, yeah, shortstop, third base, the best combination. It's got to be in baseball uh, in uh, in Colorado, no doubt. All right, let's take a look at my top ten shortstops for the 2020 fantasy baseball season. We see it very similar on this one. Uh, the only difference is we'll get to it is Manny Machado who qualifies it short, but Francisco Lindor leads it off for me, followed by Alex Bregman, who was the first pick in the first draft that I uh, am involved in right now in the Towers format. I have Trevor Story third, uh, Trey Turner fourth, Manny Machado I have fifth. I still uh, I think Machado's having a huge season coming up here. I don't know if I'll pick him to win the MVP, but I think it's that kind of season. Glaber Torres, to me, I like him a little bit better than you. Fernando Tatis Jr., if healthy, and that's really the only question here, if healthy is going to put up a monster season. Javier Baez, we're also in agreement. A lot of agreements with us today. Xander Bogarts, I have in the top ten. I have Jonathan Villar. You have uh, Mondesi in your top 10. I do not. I don't see him as the same value player, and I think that predominantly his value is based on steals, and if something were to happen to his lower half, he would basically lose all of that value. So uh, Machado I have in my top 10. You were hesitant, Frank, to even put him in your top 10, I think even at third base, if I'm not mistaken. Maybe I'm wrong about that. Correct me if I'm wrong on that. But Machado, like, I mean, this I mean, this guy is poised to have a 30-home run, 100-RBI season. I don't, I don't know why you and I are not seeing the same things on him this year. No, I actually love Machado this year, Craig. I have him as my sixth third baseman. Why base don't you man? have him in your shortstop? Why don't you put him in your shortstop rankings? I mean, that's like a, a huge thing for him to be able to qualify it there. 
No, I have him as my 11th shortstop, so I have him just outside the top 10. I just think, you know, what Mondesi and Jonathan VR can do from a speed perspective pushes them slightly up the board in terms of uh, Roto this upcoming season. But I do like Machado a lot. I have him as my 11th shortstop. I have him as my 6th third baseman. And there are some people skeptical of Machado because his numbers haven't been good outside of Camden Yards. Is that something that you have thought about, Craig? Because I understand what people are saying. Not at all. Whenever he moved, when he moved to Los Angeles, the numbers weren't as good. The numbers in Petco last year weren't as good. But I just see the first year of a mega contract last year as like, okay, he let us down. But are we forgetting about the talent that is Machado? And we've seen him bounce back before, right? Are people forgetting? He struggled in 2017, came back 2018 put up like a 300 batting average, 35-plus home runs. He's someone that could give you 90-plus runs, 90-plus RBIs, maybe even more than that, 8 to 10 stolen bases. I'm with you. I like Manny Machado a lot this year, but it seems like there are some people that are sour on him. They're worried yeah, about I the Camden Yards numbers. Yeah. yeah, no, I, I don't get that at all. And again, um, look, there's a lot of pressure when you're the number two. Well, I mean, I don't know where Stanton's contract ranks in terms of Machado, Harper, and Stanton. Uh, but Machado, I believe, was given the second biggest contract of all time, right? When when he signed last year, uh, Harper was first, and then Machado second. I mean, he still ended up hitting 32 home runs. We know that RBIs are not an indicator as to how good you are. It's more of who's around your team. And the same thing with runs scored. And he only had 81 runs scored, which looked a lot like his year in 2017 with Baltimore, which was the same. Um, so maybe the pieces around him weren't as good, but I think that San Diego is all in on 2020. I mean, there's a lot of pressure on them to win, and maybe that pressure for Machado with that contract had something to do with it. But if Machado was to overall, Frank, basically uh, add 5 to 10% better numbers on his RBIs and his runs and a little bit of a tick up on on base percentage you're talking about one of the top 10 players not just in fantasy but in the game and again having that shortstop eligibility and that flexibility to put him at short and third to me i just think a a monster season is is coming for this guy i don't that's no it's not indicative of what i think will happen with the padres but i do think that uh, for machado i think a season is coming and it's going to be a big one for uh for him um any other quick takeaway before we wrap up here at the shortstop position I'll just wrap up Manny Machado again real quick here. If you're a conspiracy theorist, I saw Jeff Zimmerman of Rotographs tweet this out last week. Uh, Manny Machado was hit by a pitch on August 8th last season. Before that hit by pitch, his triple slash, 272, 340, 494. After that hit by pitch, 213, 319, 375. So he might have been playing through something last year. If everyone's excited about Fernando Tatis Jr. and Tommy Pham is a top five round player and Eric Hosmer is still steady as they come in that lineup, uh, maybe the back end of the lineup isn't great, but the top four or five there, Craig, should still be really, really good, which is good context for Machado's runs, his RBI production. The stolen bases are going to fluctuate. You see that if you look at his season log, like one year it's 20, one year it's zero. It's hard to project stolen bases. If you get 7-8, I think you're happy with that. But I'm in agreement with you, man. I'm buying the dip on Machado. It's really crazy to me to see him going sometimes in the fifth round of 15-team leagues over at the NFBC. Yeah, I mean, what players in all of Major League Baseball have done this? Uh, 35 homers, 37 homers, 33 homers, 32 homers. And those are all in consecutive seasons for a player that qualifies at the shortstop position. I mean, I got to live with some of those other numbers being down a little bit if that indeed happens. 
All right, uh, coming up next, uh, we're going to dive into uh, the best catcher in baseball, JT Real Muto, what happened in his arbitration case yesterday. A really interesting uh, situation that's happening with baseball in general. We'll get to that next here on Sports Grid. Craig Mish, Frank Stanton, we'll be right back. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. The best things in life are free. But you can give them to the birds and bees. I want money. Welcome back to Fantasy Sports Today on Sports Grid, live on Zumo, Pluto, and Stir. I am Frank Stanley, joined by Craig Mish, and we mentioned we wanted to get back into reality a little bit here, and yesterday we saw JT Real Muto lost his arbitration case. He requested $12.4 million, lost that, and will be paid $10 million for this upcoming 2020 season. Just to remind you some of what Real Muto did last year, a 275 batting average, 25 home runs, 92 runs scored, 83 RBIs, 9 stolen bases as well. You know, Craig, what happened exactly when it comes to this arbitration case uh, with G- JT Real Muto and the Philadelphia Phillies? Yeah, and I, and I think a lot of people wonder how this can possibly happen because you have the best player at his position, someone who is winning gold gloves, he's participating in all-star games, and of all the cases that go to arbitration, Uh, The question that I got asked the most about was him. How is this possible that somehow he could go to arbitration and a panel could sit there and look at it and say the best player in the game can basically lose an arbitration case? It just doesn't seem possible. And the reason why is because uh, arbitration is flawed. Uh, They have to fix it. They have to figure out a way to fix it. And they have to value catchers a lot more than they do right now. Essentially, the Phillies are being put in a position where because of scale and precedent, the most that they could even offer uh, Real Muto was around $11 million. So essentially, they don't value a catcher as much as they would do a third baseman or an outfielder or even a pitcher. And I would say that catchers essentially are probably the most important player, not just in all of baseball, but in all of sports. People look at the quarterback. The catcher is the quarterback of Major League Baseball. And so uh, Real Muto had to go through this. And I don't think that this was directly an indictment of the Phillies. It's more or less trying to, uh, you know, have a crusade and raise the scale as to the perception of this. And arbitration is just antiquated. It's old. They're looking at old stats and old metrics. And basically, Frank, I need. I think this needs to be fixed, um, not just for JT, but for all catchers. And I think that when you look at it, uh, you know, Jeff Berry, who was the head of uh, CAA Sports, went in there. And the case that they uh, you know, simply had to put together was to show that Real Muto was not only just on par, but ahead of the curve on some of the best players that are playing in all of Major League Baseball. And those players are getting paid more through arbitration than JT Real Muto. And if you want to take a look at it, we have a graphic that we put together. Now, again, there's some of this that's you know a little bit uh, you know harder to understand and some of it is easier. But through three years of playing and going through arbitration, in Major League Baseball, just take a look at the numbers. Career-wise, Real Muto had more home runs than Rendon did, Anthony Rendon, going into his, after his third year of going through arbitration. Real Muto also in the same spot. Take a look at this. 2018 of, of Rendon, 2019 of JT Real Muto had a gold glove. And also look at his career war. 
I mean, look at that number in, in terms of career war where Real Muto was as opposed to uh, Anthony Rendon, which was actually higher over the course of his career. But yet the arbitration panel looks at this and says, oh, no, because JT is a catcher and he's not a third baseman, we can't pay him more than what we're paying a third baseman. So Anthony Rendon goes through arbitration. He gets paid more. I, in my mind, Frank plays an easier position than Real Muto, who ends up winning a gold glove in back-to-back years, an all-star in back-to-back years, and yet he has to go fight to get paid. And Rendon with a, you would make the case, not as stellar career. By the way, Rendon has had a stellar career, but not as stellar, I would say, as Real Muto gets paid more money. Try and figure out that one. Higher war going into both arbitrations. One player with the lower war gets paid more than the player with the higher war. And we're not downplaying Anthony Rendon either. You just said it, right? Like, Anthony Rendon is an awesome player. There's no doubt about that. But so is JT Real Muto, and he should be valued that way. There's no doubt, Craig, that the arbitration process is almost archaic at this point because they look, especially for pitching too, they look at wins and saves and you see a lot of teams manipulate relievers so that they don't have to end up paying these players more in arbitration uh, so they, they don't let them close out games and get saved. So it's an ar- it's archaic process really when it comes to arbitration. You know, my main question for you here is again, it goes back to the catcher position, Craig. I mean, why isn't Riomuto, who is a catcher, who you can argue is doing more than anybody else. He's working with pitchers on the game plan, uh, and obviously throughout the course of the game, he's making adjustments as well with the starting pitchers, with relievers as well. You know, why is the catcher position not valued as much as maybe somebody like an Anthony Rendon who plays at the hot corner, Craig? Yeah, and, and that's the question that I think that baseball has to answer for when they go through these arbitration processes in the future. Now, make no mistake about it, even though... Uh, Real Muto lost his arbitration case. Think of what he's getting. He's getting $10 million. So let's not sleep on that and say that that's not a lot of money. That's still a lot of money. But in comparison in Major League Baseball to some of these other players who are getting paid more, it is not. And so the comparison, of course, is unfair. And so essentially what has happened here is the scale has now been changed for catchers because of JT. His number at $10 million, even though it is a loss, it is the highest number ever awarded to any catcher going through arbitration. So while it is inching closer, Frank, to being a reality, it is still not high enough. So, Craig, the, ne- the final question regarding this whole matter, right, is does this kind of set up something between Real Muto and the Phillies where, you know, he's going to remember this for the future when it comes to, you know, a long contract extension uh, with the Philadelphia Phillies? Like, talk about the long-term contract, uh, the extension possibility here for JT Real Muto with the Philadelphia Phillies uh, versus him potentially, you know, playing out the process here and and going through free agency. Should he set a deadline for the team to, you know, meet his demands to give him what he's what he thinks he's worth? Or should he maybe just play out this final year of arbitration and, and test free agency where maybe he can earn more money if he just bets on himself, frankly? Yeah, it's a really good question, and I don't really uh, know the answer or have the answer to that, but it certainly will affect a lot. It'll affect the game. Uh, It'll affect him. And, uh, you know, to me, when I look at it and I think of, you know, the most valuable catchers that we've seen in the game over the past 10, 20 years, I don't think there's any question that uh, Buster Posey is the name, Frank, that comes to mind to me. And uh, Buster Posey, three-time World Series champion, MVP. Uh, I would say that regardless of what happens over the rest of Posey's career, 
Uh, Posey ends up, I would think, being in the Hall of Fame for what he ended up doing with the Giants. And and I certainly can see Real Muto in that same exact situation. Now, his contract extension with Philadelphia will come a little bit later in terms of his age as opposed to Posey. But uh, I think on the open market, I don't think that there's any question that you could be looking at a player that's trending toward maybe close to $200 million. And maybe there would be some people that would scoff at that. I don't see why. Uh, you know, you have a transcendent type player, a player that even when he's done playing catcher, let's say the contract was seven or eight years. And I know that maybe that seems like a high number to some uh, JT people forget in high school was a shortstop. I think that he could very easily transition if he had to. And I'm not saying that he would, but if he had to, to potentially playing first base, second base or anywhere else. And let's also not forget, Frank, if he stays in the National League. I think it's pretty clear at this point, even at age 36, 37, could still be a very effective designated hitter if it came to that, because the DH will be in the National League as well. So um, I think there's certainly a chance that he could hit the open market. I do think that the Phillies are going to have to put their best foot forward to keep him in Philadelphia, because you don't trade Sixto Sanchez, and you don't trade Jorge Alfaro, who depending on how you feel about him, is still a starting catcher in Major League Baseball. And they also, uh, the Marlins acquired Will Stewart, a third piece in that deal as well. But you don't trade a potential frontline starter and potential ace to just wave bye-bye to JT Real Muto. So what that contract is going to look like, I'm not sure. Uh, My guess is it will be substantial. I think the bar has been set by Buster Posey for all the things that he ended up accomplishing with San Francisco. So uh, Phillies definitely are going to have their work cut out for him because even though while I would kind of lean on the side of the Phillies getting this done, I don't think it's it's a definite thing. I think that there is a chance that uh, it doesn't get done, and we'll have to see, as you mentioned, if, uh, if Romuto decides, hey, look, it's opening day or nothing. He's dealt with this distraction before he dealt with it in Miami amongst trade talks and even an offered contract that was turned down inevitably. But I would think that you'd want to put this behind you going into the season. And if not, who knows? He hits the open market. How, I mean, he would be the top free agent in all of Major League Baseball, Frank, after the year. So it's, it's definitely an interesting story. Yeah, and I think the biggest point you bring up there is the fact that they gave up so much to get JT Real Muto. And, you know, I think because of that, of course they want to sign him, but uh, just reminding yourself how much you gave up. Sixto Sanchez, who's regarded as, you know, one of the top pitching prospects in all of baseball, I'm sure that the Philadelphia Phillies want to sign uh, Real Muto to a contract extension. So we'll see how that plays out here. Let's bring it back to fantasy baseball a little bit here, though, Craig. Uh, We're going to talk about catchers next week. Is Real Muto unquestionably your your number one catcher in fantasy baseball because Gary Sanchez, I think there's no doubt that if he can ever stay healthy, if he can ever stay healthy, he is going to push Real Muto for that number one spot and could potentially put up a historic season uh, at the catcher position, potentially 40 plus home runs. And, you know, in that Yankees lineup, the runs and RBI production would be phenomenal for Gary Sanchez. Uh, Is Real Muto still unquestionably your number one catcher for fantasy as well? Yeah, he is. And, and I think that, um, you know, what will be interesting for me this year is is the one category that we're always chasing is the stolen bases. Now, there's no doubt in my mind, Frank, that uh, Real Muto could steal 20 bases if he was given 25 opportunities. I, I know that he could, but I'm not sure that he will under Joe Girardi. And of course, uh, as you saw in the second half of last season, he started to steal a little bit more. Uh, I don't know that he'll get there, but I think that's kind of the separator for me, Frank. If you told me at the end of the season, 
that Real Muto is only going to have five or six steals. I still think he is the best fantasy catcher. I think he's the best reality catcher, but your point is well taken. If Gary Sanchez ever does put that big power season together and goes 40 and 120, um, while uh, Real Muto's defense, which we don't look at, is far superior to Gary Sanchez in fantasy, there obviously is that chance. And next week when we talk catchers, I'll tell you why you might be able to get Gary Sanchez's production from a fantasy perspective a few rounds later, potentially in Mitch Garver as well. But when we come back, we'll dive back into the shortstop position with some sleepers and some busts. We'll talk about Craig's tout war team. Let's see if he turned it around. We'll do all of that the second hour coming up here on Fantasy Sports Today. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. 